On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, coronavirus is having far-reaching effects, and despite Tesla's best efforts, they are not excluded. I'll tell you about Tesla's impending temporary shutdown, Elon Musk teasing new software features on Twitter, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to the Palindromatic, episode 242 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for March 22nd, 2020. Spring is officially here. That's some good news. Another little bit of good news is that uh, I found a Tesla shirt that I had lost. It was gone. I couldn't figure out what the heck had happened to it. And they don't make it anymore. I really like this one. It's just got the T logo on a gray shirt on the chest, big, kind of like, like, like the Superman logo with Tesla written on the back. And uh, it had fallen behind my shelves, like that my or my drawers. They were stacked stacked too high, and I've got these drawers built into the wall uh, in my in the, our master bedroom as sort of a space saving thing here in San Francisco. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if it's possible that it fell back there. And sure enough, it was covered in dust, but it was back there. So yay, I'm wearing it now. Feels good to wear it. Unfortunately, uh, not a lot else feels good this week uh, for everybody. I've been working from home. Uh, we are sheltered in place here in the San Francisco Bay Area. This is uh, moving its way around the country as far as these these shelter in place edicts and orders. Uh, fortunately, the this podcast has always been done from my home, so my plan is absolutely to continue this podcast as normal. If you're curious, um, I, you know my number one thing that I just want you to take away from this episode is I want you to stay healthy. Stay safe, and hopefully each and every week I can help you, uh, if not forget about the situation, at least set it aside for a little while while we all share in our collective enthusiasm of Tesla. And believe me, talking about coronavirus on this podcast is really the last thing I wanted to do because you're, you're surrounded by it. We're all surrounded by it. It is on everything you click on, everything you look at, it is it is all around in really every way, shape, and form. So I would prefer that this be a nice escape, and hopefully after this week, it can start to go back to that. But uh, for this week, it is unavoidable because the coronavirus situation is directly affecting Tesla's business, and I will start there because that really was the big story of the week as far as Tesla goes. There is more. There's some fun stuff to talk about after this, but let's get this uh, out of the way first. So uh, the story here has rapidly evolved over the course of the week. I had to, I started with my notes about this subject in the beginning of the week, and by the time I, I sat down to record the show here on late Friday night, I had had re- I had to revise my notes three, if not four times. So it is. I, I guess I'll caveat that by saying, if the information that you're about to hear is no longer accurate, I do apologize. It was current as of Friday evening, but this situation is very fluid. It is rapidly changing. But this is how uh, this story changed and evolved throughout the week. So, as I mentioned at the top here a moment ago, most Bay Area counties, including Alameda County, which is where the Tesla factory is located, 
are in a shelter-at-home state, a shelter-in-place condition. It's not quite a mandatory lockdown where the police would be patrolling and and uh, disciplining and, and you know making sure folks are staying indoors. We're not quite at that point right now, but it is the next rung down from that where schools are shut down, most businesses are shut down, uh, everything. Everything is, is pretty well shut down. It is, we, we want to keep everybody away from each other. You know this, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. So as such, many have wondered, I, we're all Tesla fans, would Tesla need to shut down as well? Well, it seems that Tesla had in, intended to stay open per Elon and then per an email from the head of human resources at Tesla. However, uh, it appeared that they were no longer going to be able to do that. So this it went it went one way earlier in the week with the Alameda County Sheriff's Department issuing the following statement, quote, Tesla is not an essential business as defined in the Alameda County Health Order. Tesla can maintain minimum basic operations per the Alameda County Health Order. However, then BuzzFeed BuzzFeed News, that is, I should say, they are two different entities. The the one you're the, the BuzzFeed you're probably thinking of is uh, is totally separate from BuzzFeed News, which is an actual serious news outlet. So they reported a little later in the week, Tesla Motors' main factory will remain open and will be allowed to operate at a limited capacity. A quarter of the typical workforce, and just a side note, about ten thousand people are working in Fremont these days. Quote, they assured me in a phone call to do a step-down reduction from about 10,000 to 2,500 people, said Sergeant Ray Kelly, a public information officer with the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Sergeant Kelly continues, quote, the county is very sensitive to what they're dealing with, end quote. And he added that the communications between his office and Tesla had been positive. Now, in a follow-up call on Wednesday afternoon, Kelly told BuzzFeed News that Quote, producing cars is not considered essential. And if the company is found to be manufacturing automobiles, the county would take action to bring them under compliance with the law. Quote, manufacturing cars violates our health order and we're asking them to go to basic minimum functions, said Sergeant Kelly. But the story continued to develop from there again as the week got later. Bloomberg reporting on Thursday, quote, Tesla Inc. will meet with local police and city managers Thursday about the car maker continuing to run its lone U.S. auto plant in spite of a county shelter-in-place order. Quote, police chief Kimberly Peterson and members of our city management team will meet with Tesla factory management today to discuss cooperation for compliance with the county health officer's order, said the Fremont, California Police Department. Tesla, according to Bloomberg, handed out masks and took workers' temperatures before they entered the factory Thursday. The company's also adding more hygiene stations and rearranging parts of the plant to promote social distancing, according uh, to an internal email by the aforementioned head of HR at at Tesla, Valerie Workman. Uh, Now, she said the company continues to hold discussions with government officials about making Tesla's workplace safe while also continuing to run an operation Tesla that Tesla deems critical to national infrastructure. So then you're caught up through Thursday. 
Finally, it came to this, Tesla posting late Thursday on their investor website, quote, we have decided to temporarily suspend production at our Fremont, excuse me, our factory in Fremont from end of day March 23rd, which will allow an orderly shutdown. Basic operations will continue in order to support our vehicle and energy service operations and charging infrastructure as directed by the local, state, and federal authorities. Our factory in New York, that would be Gigafactory 2 for Tesla Energy, will temporarily suspend production as well, except for those parts and supplies necessary for service, infrastructure, and critical supply chains. Operations of our other facilities will continue, including Nevada, that's Gigafactory 1, and our service and supercharging network. It continues, Tesla saying, in many locations, we are in the process of implementing touchless deliveries so customers can continue to take delivery of their vehicle in a seamless and safe way. Due to the unique over-the-air connectivity of our vehicles, customers are able to unlock their new cars at a delivery parking lot via the Tesla app, sign any remaining relevant paperwork that has been placed in their car, and return that paperwork to an on-site drop-off location prior to leaving. This method provides additional convenience and comfort. Tesla concluding their investor note, uh, or at least the, the note on their investor relations website by saying, our cash position at the end of Q4 2019 was $6.3 billion before our recent $2.3 billion capital raise. We believe this level of liquidity is sufficient to su uh, successfully navigate an extended period of uncertainty. At the end of Q4 2019, we had available credit lines worth approximately $3 billion, including working capital lines for all regions, as well as financing for the expansion of our Shanghai factory, end quote. Well, obviously the number one priority, of course, is keeping the people of Tesla safe and healthy, because without them, there is no Tesla. To that end... We as Tesla fans and Tesla owners can take comfort in knowing, at least I take comfort, in knowing that those employees are home safe. I mean, that's, that's really what matters most right now. And we can probably also take a bit of comfort as far as the health of the Tesla business goes in knowing that, as they mentioned, Tesla has more cash on hand right now than they've ever had before in the history of the company. I actually had it in my notes before Tesla's statement came through, but even they were uh, quick to mention it in order to no doubt reassure investors. The $6.3 billion plus the additional $2.3 billion after that last stock raise, which by the way was just one month ago, exactly a month ago, uh, February 13th, that proved to be very well-timed in hindsight. The stock was at $804 that day, and since then, unfortunately, as you're probably uh, very much well aware, the mar stock market has, uh, I think it's fair to say, tanked, and Tesla stock is going down along with it. When the market closed this week, it closed at $427.53. Still, I mean, let's 10,000-foot view it for a second. Still way up from last year. That's the good news but obviously well down from almost half of what it was just a month ago. So regardless of how long this interruption in production lasts, 
Tesla itself and the 57,000 plus total people that Tesla employs around the world are hopefully going to be okay. That's, that's the big thing here. Now on just a side note, on a very, very unimportant side note related to this story, uh, it is, I think, worth mentioning just as, as a little bit of a fun note. Maybe you, you might interpret this as sad also, but this is, you know, just kind of a maybe fun little thing. For those of you who have been lucky enough to take delivery of a Model Y so far, you, my friends, are going to have rock star status in your neighborhood and on the roads for a bit longer than you might have otherwise, since fewer people are going to be able to take delivery. I mean, I, I'm very curious how many of these quote-unquote touchless deliveries Tesla's going to be able to do. I mean, hopefully a lot, but I just don't know. I mean, Tesla is going to be missing the final week of the quarter's worth of worth of full-speed normal car deliveries, when normally it's all hands on deck, people from other disciplines outside of sales and delivery, people from all over the company come and help out at the delivery centers, at the showrooms, to try and get as many cars delivered as possible. Uh, many of you out there have probably done the new owner orientation volunteering. I have done it a few times. In fact, I had signed up. I had planned to be at the San Francisco location at the at the last weekend of the quarter to assist with the Model Y deliveries. Would have given me a chance to get up close with the Y. And also, again, my favorite thing about doing that new owner orientation volunteering is it is adult Christmas morning. And just seeing people so happy as they're taking delivery of their Tesla is, it just... I love it. It's it's I've talked about it a million times. It makes me so happy with that. So um, that is no longer going to be the uh, possible. Obviously, uh, the it would I, I have asthma. So that's on a on a side note. That's what's got me personally a little more anxious and afraid than than I might otherwise be. I mean, people of all ages, particularly even you know young adults on up, uh, are vulnerable, but as someone, this virus gets into your lungs, and though my asthma is mild, it really only kicks in when I get sick, uh, I do not want to contract this thing, and of course, no one does. <laughs> no one no one wants to. Some people are not really worried about it, and, and you know, hopefully they have good reason to not be worried, but yeah, it just, I, I certainly couldn't risk it, but there, there won't be any, really anyone delivering cars uh, other than through this this paperless, touchless handoff in whatever quantity that Tesla is able to pull it off. Because as you guys know, Tesla typically delivers a pretty substantial percentage of the quarterly deliveries. That A lot of that happens then in that final week. It's always a huge push, all hands on deck, as I said. So we'll see how this last week of the quarter goes. But the most important thing, of course, again, hopefully the entire Tesla team will stay healthy, will stay stay well, stay healthy, and that Tesla will be able to weather this period of uncertainty and uh, and obviously diminished production and and diminished resources will uh, with um, with strength and and tenacity here. Now, meanwhile, just on a on a tangentially related note. Elon Musk has offered to have Tesla and SpaceX make ventilators to help make up for the shortage that hospitals are facing. And in fact, 
New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has taken Elon up on that offer. They had a public exchange on Twitter to which Elon replied, sounds good, we will connect with your team to understand the potential needs. So hopefully some kind of good from Tesla can come out of this, Some, you know, the greater good beyond just the mission, right? The acceleration of the world's transition to sustainable energy, but unavoidable. This is uh, this was the story this week, and, and in fact, I wonder how much I'm going to have to talk about over the next two, three shows as Tesla is shut down. Typically, there's always something, but we'll see what happens. I'll be here for you, though. That's the uh, that much I can promise. Okay, let's move on to some happier topics. Elon did take to Twitter to tease and talk about some new features that might be on the way. And, of course, user requested. He responded to people, as he tends to do. First, Elon was asked about a long-requested feature. Can we review sentry mode videos in the car off of the USB drive, to which Elon replied, we'll discuss with the team. No promise there, obviously. He just said, they'll discuss it, but that probably bodes well. Now, if you remember way back when, when Sentry Mode first rolled out, Elon had said that that feature would evolve over time, and I think this this being looking at the videos while you're still in the car on the, the touchscreen, that is the natural next step of this, and if we can get to that, hopefully the phase after that would be being able to take a live look at your car or from your car through any of the cameras via the Tesla app. So that would that would be cool. I'm, I'm dreaming a little bit. I don't know how realistic that is with bandwidth and what have you, but hopefully uh, that is something that can that can happen. But in the meantime, it says it seems Elon will be reviewing the idea of of looking at the sentry mode videos from your car. I'm, I'm going to optimistically say that Elon saying we'll discuss with team means it's now on his radar. And if someone on the team says, yes, we can do this, then it's good. Then he's going to tell them to get it done. So we'll see. Maybe that'll be a feature we can look forward to later this year. Now, speaking of features that were confirmed as in the works a while back, there's this uh, Elon was tweeted with, cars should have saved driver preferences linked to profiles on their phones so that when they connect their Bluetooth, the seat mirrors and temperature control adjust automatically to the driver's saved preference. Can you make this happen? To which Elon replied, a more definitive coming soon. So love to see that. That is a cool, smart feature that Teslas are uh, uniquely capable of that will make multi-driver households I think especially multi-driver households, really happy. Next, the 12-volt battery that the Teslas all have. You know, it's it's an occasional problem for some folks. It's the standard kind of regular style car battery that's separate from the main battery. It powers accessories such as the headlights. If you have been listening fairly recently, you heard me talk uh, when I picked up my car from my hardware 3 upgrade I got in the car to leave, and I got a warning, hey, 12-volt battery is going to need servicing soon, because the uh, the car, having just sat for many, many, many hours as the firmware update attempted repeatedly, uh, that, that killed my 12-volt battery, and thankfully I was able to get it replaced under warranty right on site before I left the Tesla service center. So this is a thing that has affected folks from time to time. Anyway, uh, Elon was asked... 
Can anything be done via software to show the health of the 12 volt over time and provide better warning to its eventual failure? To which Elon replied, yes. So we should look forward to that coming to the, presumably the Tesla app, or maybe just in, in the car on the screen itself at some point. Now, there was a rumor a while ago that the Model Y might find a way to eliminate the 12-volt battery altogether. As far as I know, the Y does still have a 12-volt battery, but hopefully at some point Tesla can find a way to take that out of the equation for future vehicles as just one less potential pain point for owners with their cars, so we'll see. And finally, with regard to Elon's tweets, this is concerning Tesla in Puerto Rico, where Tesla already has at least somewhat of a presence in the form of the Tesla energy products that they sent over as part of the Puerto Rico relief effort from uh, what last year, I believe that was. Elon was asked, any progress on the plans for Puerto Rico's Tesla service center? And Elon responding, checking. So again, getting it on Elon's radar. You know, it's, it's always good news. It's always good news when you hear about Tesla supporting a new region, a new place. So hopefully checking is actually code for that's on Elon's radar, radar now and it's totally going to get done. Next this week, in fact, finally this week, uh, the Model 3, this story is, comes from uh, down in Australia, Model 3 is accelerating the adoption rate of Teslas by quite a lot in China, quite the specific profound impact on the overall Tesla fleet in Australia, as there are now more combined, excuse me, more Model 3s produced for the Australian market than S's and X's combined all time. So, you know, that's going back several years. This story comes via The Driven, and they write, according to an analysis, there have been a total of 4,180 Tesla Model 3s made for the Australian market to date, and 818 made for New Zealand. Electric car sales numbers tripled from 2018 to 2019, and the recent influx of Model 3s, an estimated 1,000 alone may have arrived in the first months of 2020, has brought the number of electric cars in Australia to nearly 18,000, including plug-in hybrids. In 2019, there were 3,133 Model 3s made for Australia and 699 for New Zealand. And although not all may have been shipped to Australia by the end of 2019, this indicates that with the additional 1,000 or so Model 3s delivered since the end of 2019, the number of Model 3s is now greater than S and X combined in Australia. This compares with 229S and 273X made for Australia for all of 2019, showing just how quickly the Model 3 has been adopted. Well, this is really, really cool to see. I love it. I feel like there's, I mean, I, I've never been to Australia, so I don't mean to, to speak out of school here, but I feel like there's got to be a lot of untapped potential for Tesla in the Australian market. I know I've heard, I've been told that cost there, the cost of the Teslas is a factor, but interest in Australia is out there. Small sample size, I realize, but I have a, a, quite a few Australian listeners, and if Australia is anything like the rest of the world, it'll be kind of a snowball effect down there. You know, as one person in the neighborhood gets a Tesla, the neighbors see it, 
ask about it. Family members see it, ask about it, take a ride. And then that will get more people interested and so on and so forth. We saw that happen here in the United States first with the Model S in the you know, higher income level, more expensive car, sure. But the S uh, fairly quickly turned all of the Mercedes S-Class owners in the neighborhood, the the uh, the Porsche, not the Taycan, the, uh, oh, I'm blanking on it. I apologize, folks. The sedan that I'm completely blanking on. Anyway, the Porsche, the sedan, uh, the, you know, the BMW 7 Series, the Audi A8, those owners, those people really quickly became Model S owners. So we saw that unfold. And then the uh, Panamera, there it is, the Porsche Panamera. Sorry about that. And then uh, we, we've seen it happen very much so across neighborhoods with the Model 3. In fact, I've seen it just in my, my own neighborhood. The San Francisco in general is crawling with Toyota Priuses or Prii, perhaps, you know, they're, they're a fairly small, reasonably priced, very f- highly economical car. So they're, they're fairly well fit for a city like San Francisco. But more and more now, I am seeing a lot of Model 3s, even just parked on the street. And I'm sure there are even more of them tucked away in garages since they're more likely to be garaged than, say, a Prius, given the charging needs of, of a Tesla. So it's, uh, it's been really cool for me in my own neighborhood. I mean, at first, on my street, there was, uh, I guess I was the first Tesla on my street, my specific street, and now there are three Model 3s just on my street alone and many more on, on subsequent uh, you know, neighboring blocks, neighboring streets, because I see them. I, I walk Daisy every day. And I see more and more of them pop up, and it's it's really, really awesome to see. So fun to watch happen, and hopefully it will happen in Australia here right now. Hopefully it's, <laughs> it is happening right now. All right, that's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. But stick around. Plenty more to talk about from you guys. Your questions, comments, and discussion topics from the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up right after this. As promised, it's time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, and I welcome and encourage your calls. If you want to talk about some Tesla anything, questions, comments, discussion topics, send them my way. One of two easy ways you can call in. Either way you choose, please try to keep your call to 90 seconds or less. That's a minute and a half so that I can get to as many calls per episode as possible. So you can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record that 90 second or less question, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message anytime on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That number is toll-free, and you can Skype or call it at 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Joey from Columbus is up first, and he's waiting for a Model Y. Go ahead, Joey. 
Hi, Ryan. This is Joey from Columbus, Ohio. And I have been listening to you since probably the Elon Musk interview, but I've uh, started to go back and listen to some of the previous ones. And I'm anxiously awaiting uh, the Model Y delivery. And my question may be a silly one, but I know that you keep, keep, keep really good, good, good care of your car. And I'm wondering about car washes. And I'd like to, you know, keep mine as clean as possible. And of course, you know, here in Ohio, I can do it during the summer. But what do I do the rest of the year? Um, I've heard rumors that you can't use certain types of car washes. And I just wanted to know, you know, what, what kind of car wash is the best um, to keep everything clean. Uh, thank you for all the uh, work that you put into the podcast as well as uh, sharing your information. Uh, I also have used some of your you know, tips to even do things like uh, the pure Tesla um, century mode uh, drive, as well as I'm um, looking forward to ordering some other stuff and accessories for my future Model Y that will hopefully be here very soon. So thank you again for your work, and hope you can help out. Joey, welcome to the podcast, and hey, thank you for the kind words. So this is not a silly question at all. There are a number of quote-unquote right ways to clean your car, but with regard to your specific winter question, I obviously, I, I just, my climate, I don't have that issue here in California, so I admit I'm probably not the best person to speak to on this, but... I've heard from plenty of listeners over the years who have had good luck using waterless car wash products. That's a recommendation I've gotten over and over again from people. There are plenty of brands, plenty of ones you can get, so I will leave it to you to choose your preferred one. I mean, if you go, I went ahead, I googled best waterless car wash products to see what would pop up, and you'll see a pretty good list there. Uh, Meguiar's, Chemical Guys, probably you know some brands you've heard of, maybe some you haven't. Just make sure that my one piece of advice here, make sure you've got plenty, and I do mean plenty, of soft microfiber towels, and you're going to need them because you don't want to use each uh, microfiber towel on more than one panel of the car. You don't want to pick up any little bits of grime from one panel and drag them across the paint on the rest of the car. So that's why you need a lot of different, uh, a lot of clean microfiber towels there and also this may seem obvious but at the risk of stating the obvious definitely definitely use separate towels on the wheels as well from uh each wheel not don't use anything from the car so hope that helps thanks so much joey i hope you get your model y very soon nick from michigan is up next has a cyber truck reservation let me see if i can help him out nick you're on the air Hey Ryan, this is Nick from Michigan. Um, I have a couple questions for you today. Um, I have a deposit on a dual motor Cybertruck. Uh, really looking forward to that. I am super excited. Um, so the first question I have actually is in regards to uh, Tesla in Michigan. Um, I heard rumors that there was a store possibly coming uh, to Plymouth, Michigan. Um, and I'm wondering if that might also be including service centers. And if so, if you think that one of those stores and or service centers might be open by the time uh, cyber trucks are being delivered in uh, late next year early the following 
Um, and the second question I have for you is that one of the reasons that I really like the Cybertruck um, would be that I could tow, uh, you know, project cars or bikes or track cars, whatever. Um, and I really love the idea of the autopilot for longer trips. So my question to you is, uh, do we know how autopilot works with trailers now and or um, if it does not work with trailers now, if that's going to be a feature that will be coming out with the Cybertruck, um, I would love to be able to make towing uh, that much simpler uh, with all the advantages that autopilot offers. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Ryan. Hi, Nick. Good questions here. And on that last one, I admit I've never thought about it before. And so I had to go and look it up. Uh, the Model X is the current tow capable Tesla, officially speaking. And when you connect a trailer to it with the electrical, it disables autopilot. Now, it's anyone's guess as to whether or not this is going to be changed moving forward as Tesla introduces more tow capable vehicles into the fleet, such as the Model Y and the Cybertruck. Uh, we know Autopilot is going to work with the Tesla Semi truck, for instance. I mean, that's a huge selling point for the Tesla Semi. So that means the Autopilot team is working on making Autopilot work while towing something. Hopefully then, that knowledge is going to trickle down into the X, the Y, the Cybertruck. As for Michigan, Clarkston is the location of the first Michigan Service Center. It is open now. That's about 30 miles north of Plymouth, according to my crude Google Maps search. So that is here. That's there now. And thus, it's going to be there for you when your Cybertruck is prepping for delivery. Hopefully, more locations will also come online in Michigan in the next two years. And uh, we'll see what happens. I hope that helps, Nick. Thank you so much. Let me take it back here to San Francisco and talk to Cameron next. Go ahead, Cameron. Hey, Ryan, this is Cameron calling from San Francisco, California. I hope it's not too premature to talk about or to ask about the um, deliveries of the Tesla pickup truck. Um, I actually made my reservation just a minute after Elon stood on stage and started presenting. So I suspect I'm in the first few hundred um, of reservations. And so um, a friend of mine, we've been talking about uh, for years now about doing a road trip in Europe. Um, and we were always planning just to go there and rent a little, you know, a little European car and then take that around for two months. But um, I'm playing with the idea of possibly getting the the pickup truck shipped to Europe and um, and using that, going through Germany, Spain, Italy, France, um, all the main countries, and then actually ending in uh, Croatia. So I was curious if you had any, in, any insight onto the logistics of that and the legality of it. I know they are not used to big cars over there, so um, be curious on your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Well, Cameron, it's too early to really say much on that front, I'm afraid. It's likely that Tesla will ship the higher-margin tri-motor Cybertrucks first, which is what they're doing now with the Performance Model Y, and they've done, by the way, with every car except the Model 3, which didn't introduce the Performance version until about a year later. So if you don't have a tri-motor reserved, I would mentally prepare yourself to not be in one of the first batches of Cybertrucks made. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying mentally prepare yourself for that possibility. Now, as to your European road trip idea, man, that would be incredibly fun. That would be awesome. However, charging could be a real issue. Not an insurmountable one, but the superchargers over there use CCS, and there is not currently a CCS adapter being sold by Tesla. 
Uh, at least I just looked on the, the test, the US Tesla site and didn't see one. Now to your other point, again, not an impossible challenge, but yes, the Cybertruck is huge. Uh, that is, if I, if I didn't make that abundantly clear uh, after I, when I did my episode coming right out of the, uh, the Cybertruck reveal, it is a big vehicle. It made the Model X look small. At one point, there was an X, because they were doing test rides in the X as well for anybody that, that was interested, and they might have even had a P100DS there too. But you, at one point, the, the Cybertruck drove by. May, I may even have a picture of it somewhere on my phone. Uh, the Cybertruck drives by on its test drive route, uh, drives by the X, and it just it just makes the X look tiny. So um, the the roads in Europe, to the best of my understanding, I've been to Germany and I've been to Ireland. Not no, I've not been anywhere else in Europe, but to the best of my understanding, the roads are generally narrower there than they are here in the United States. So driving it and particularly parking it in Europe could be a problem. I, I mean, I don't want to rain on your awesome road trip idea, but those are obstacles to keep in mind. I hope you can figure out a way to make it work, and I hope your wait for the Cybertruck is a short one. Jeff from Binghamton, New York is up next. Go ahead, Jeff. Hi, Ryan. This is Jeff in Binghamton, New York. I got a question for you. I was wondering if it's getting about time with seeing more people towing trailers with their Model X's and the new Model Y's coming out and the Cybertruck coming out fairly soon that uh, Tesla look at creating a extension cord for the supercharger. Now I understand that we wouldn't be able to run at the full rate with a longer cord from the supercharger but having one that you can throw in your car while you're towing a trailer might be very useful. What are your thoughts? Jeff, thanks for calling in. Well, this idea has come up before in the Ride the Lightning hotline from the audience, and it's a great idea. That's the thing. I think it makes the most sense for accommodating trailers, honestly. And as you mentioned, it's only going to become more of a necessity with the X already out there. And it's funny, we keep talking about uh, towing on this episode. The Y almost certainly is going to get a towing package at some point and the Cybertruck being now less than two years away. You mentioned reduced charging rate with an extension cord, though. however. I just want to touch on that real quick. I'm no electrician, but I am hopeful that full-speed supercharging will still be possible with an official Tesla extension cord. I mean, maybe V3 supercharging would be more of a challenge in that department, since we know that the V3 supercharging cable is water-cooled, but I don't know. Uh, regardless... I imagine this has got to be a thing that Tesla's working on. I mean, they already have a working prototype of sorts with this in the form of the daisy chain slash extension cord combo that the Tesla Semi prototypes use when they stop at superchargers. Thanks for calling in, Jeff. I'm going to go now to Russ in Charlotte. Go ahead, Russ. Hi, Ryan. This is Russ from Charlotte, North Carolina, calling to comment on your remarks about learning to drive your car at speed and how much fun that would be. I can vouch for how much fun that is. I've done about 15 high-performance driving school events. If you search for HPDE for high-performance driving event or HPDS for high-performance driving school online, I'm sure you'll find several of these courses offered in your area. The cost is generally about in the $500 range, I would guesstimate, plus the cost of your brakes, plus the cost of your tires, plus the cost 
Well, no, no gasoline for you with an electric car, but you might have trouble finding a place to charge it. A word of caution, though, I had a, a learning experience in a 2008 Corvette Z06. While taking it around a curve at speed, the car, the back end of the car got away from me, and I had what I refer to as a triple 360 epiphany. The triple 360 refers to the three 360-degree turns I did sliding off of the track. The epiphany was that you don't take anything to the track, you're not willing to leave there. I was not willing to leave my forty dollars to $50,000 Corvette on the track, so it got driven fairly conservatively the rest of the day. Keep that in mind if you take it to the track or buy plenty of insurance, but have lots of fun. Thanks for the podcast. Great job. Thanks, Russ. I appreciate you sharing your experience and wisdom on that. I still want to do it someday, but man, it's definitely not cheap. And something to save up for, plan for someday, I suppose. Though I'm sure it's a ton of fun. I wonder, I have to wonder if the drag strip is like 70% of the fun for like 5% of the price and also 5% of the risk since you're just gunning it in a straight line and you'll still get to well over 100 miles an hour. That I've done once. A bit over a year ago, I, I went to the drag strip with some other Tesla folks and I had a great time. I definitely recommend that. I'm not trying to downplay, I'm not trying to poo-poo on, on track uh, day at all, but I definitely can recommend the drag strip to anybody with a need for speed. Uh, Sims Clark is next from South Jersey on this very same topic of performance driving. Go ahead, Sims Clark. Hey, Ryan. Sims Clark from South Jersey. Second time caller now. Back in September of 2019, I called in making a few requests one of which was the ability to control the ratio of power between the front and rear wheels. With track mode version 2, my dreams have come true and then some. I'm so excited about these new abilities, I've decided to register for a local autocross event. I'll leave explaining autocross to you since I only have 90 seconds. Now, I'm not taking credit in claiming my call from September was the catalyst for track mode version 2, but since it is now a reality, I'd like to layer in a suggestion for it in the hopes someone from Tesla will hear this or the feature is added serendipitously from me simply mentioning it on your show. I'm hoping Tesla adds the ability for the driver to toggle the use of the in-cabin microphone to capture audio for your track mode videos. I doubt anyone will be making Bluetooth phone calls while whipping around a racetrack, so why not put the microphone to work capturing audio from what is often a person's most memorable driving experience? Speaking from personal experience, during track days you drive with the windows down, so having the sounds of tires screeching, electric motors whirring, and in some cases capturing verbal coaching from an in-car instructor would make those track mode videos that much more amazing and valuable. Oh, and one other quick request. In autocross, your start line and finish line are two separate locations, so if track mode could provide the option to drop separate pins for a start and finish, that would be icing on top of our already huge icing cake. Again, thank you for this platform for Tesla enthusiasts from around the globe to come together and celebrate one of the most amazing companies the world has ever witnessed. Thanks. Great call here, and these are some excellent suggestions for track mode version 3, or maybe even a 2.5. You included a bunch of autocross notes in your accompanying email, uh, letting the rest of the audience know. And just as I mentioned a moment ago to Russ from Charlotte, I think autocross too, which I've never done, could be a way to get a lot of the fun of a proper track day experience for, again, a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the risk to, to damaging your car. 
But anyway, I love your ideas here. I hope the Tesla engineering team hears this and adds them to their feature roadmap if they are not on that roadmap already. Thanks again. Rob from Colorado up next talking Model Y. Go ahead, Rob. Ryan, this is Rob from Colorado, longtime lover of your show, first-time caller. Listen, I have a question about the range that is presumed on the Model Y. Uh, performance version is 315 miles. And the range on the Model 3 performance version is 322 miles, I believe. So it's a seven-mile difference. So I'm wondering why there's such a small difference, given my understanding that the two vehicles have the same battery, yet the Model Y is several hundred pounds heavier uh, several inches taller, so the wind resistance would not be as good, I presume. But the mileage difference isn't that great. So I'm wondering if um, that there's been some updates to the efficiency algorithms or software that the Y is using that hasn't trickled down to the 3 yet, and that in the near future, the 3 will get a update that will increase it to a proportionally more reasonable difference, let's say um, uh, perhaps 345 or 350 mile range. Um, I'm wondering about this because I'm looking at both of these cars and um, I'd hate to uh, buy the Y and find out that the three then actually has a range that's significantly greater. Any thoughts you have on this would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Rob, it's great to hear from you. By all accounts thus far, Tesla remains pretty quiet about the Y in general, aside from releasing a couple of tutorial videos about how a couple of the new features, like the folding rear seats, work. What we know of the Y so far is that it does have new efficiencies built into it, but they're on the hardware side. So it's not it's probably not anything that's going to come down to the three via a software update. That said, I think updates will happen on the hardware side for the three. You know, last week you heard me talk about the very high probability that the revised center console with the USB-C ports and the wireless charging pad would come over to the three. But the Y has a heat pump, which helps with cold weather efficiency. It may have battery chemistry changes, and if it does, those are almost certainly going to come over to the three. Uh, the wheels also make a difference, by the way. The 18-inch aero wheels on the Model 3 are highly efficient. But on the 3, the 19- and 20-inch sport wheels, not so much. And whereas on the Model Y, the 20-inch uh, induction wheels seem to be reasonably aerodynamic. I mean, just look at them. The, uh, and then, of course, the 19-inch, the Gemini wheels are pretty uh, reasonably. They're, they're kind of arrow-y as well. Those you can get for the Model 3, but they don't come standard. So uh, the wheels make a big difference as well. So all told, though, it's not just the wheels. It's, it's a lot of little things that can make the difference. And we've seen that over time with Tesla, even with the S and the X, too, as they've inched closer to 400 miles of range on the, on the S, obviously, and, and over 350 miles of range on the X. Good luck in your decision. And I'm very sure, this is the good news, you're going to be very happy either way there. 
Marvin from Bellingham, Washington, uh, wants to talk cameras in the car up next. Go ahead, Marvin. Hi, Ryan. This is Marvin Van Horn from Bellingham, Washington. I have a question for you regarding camera displays inside your car. We have two cars that have a very nice display using both the front and rear cameras plus some kind of computer-generated display of the car from the top looking down. What it does is gives you a nice orientation of where your vehicle is in relation to other cars in a big parking lot or the white lines that are drawn if there's no other cars around. I've been checking all over and I haven't seen evidence that the current Tesla cars have a similar display. And we find this very, very helpful. It was both in our Chevy Bolt, Nile totaled, and our Mitsubishi SUV, PHEV, when we park. Uh, any information you have on that would be greatly appreciated. I sent you a couple pictures to help you see what I'm talking about and uh, appreciate any answers you might have. Thank you. Hi, Marvin. Well, this is one of the single most requested features for Teslas, and unfortunately, it's not in any Tesla, and there's no word on if or when it might happen. The cameras are seemingly there. The processing power is almost definitely there, but we We've just got the backup camera with the white guiding lines telling you where the car is going to go. Now, Elon Musk did respond to a tweet fairly recently saying that they would incorporate the repeater cameras, the side repeater cameras, into the backup camera feed when the car's in reverse, but nothing about a top-down 360-degree view that so many people have said that they would like to see that other cars have. Hopefully, Tesla addresses this at some point, but for now... It's not there. Sorry I don't have better news for you, but I definitely appreciate your call. Two more calls this week. Jason from Cincinnati is up next. Uh, let's hear what he has to say. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, Ryan. Jason from Cincinnati here. Hey, uh, I'm one of the surge of new subscribers you received after the Cybertruck announcements. Just wanted to say uh, thanks for the great podcast. Um, anyways, I don't own a Tesla now, and I'm curious about what the purchase and delivery experience is going to be like as the Cybertruck gets close, closer to launch. Um, specifically about information that Tesla sends to people with pre-orders, just the, informing them on what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Um, on a recent podcast, you mentioned that Model Y owners have been starting to receive emails to schedule their delivery dates and start getting their financing in order. And I was just curious if that's the only email that goes out from Tesla uh, once you know the delivery is eminent, or are there typically a series of communications that go out with a longer runway before delivery so that we have more time to start setting expectations and getting our financing in order and whatnot. Uh, so anyways, just curious kind of what your thoughts are on uh, how it usually works. You know, obviously it could change the Cybertruck, but just kind of curious what uh, how it has worked in the past. And that's all I've got. I love the podcast, and uh, thanks for the help. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. I'm going to be honest with you. Tesla makes amazing vehicles. I think most everybody listening to this podcast would agree with that. But their customer communication tends to be less than amazing. 
The good news is that there's plenty of time between now and the release of the Cybertruck for things to improve in that area, but generally speaking, I think it's reasonable to say that communication tends to be lacking. Not always, but it tends to be lacking, which can be really frustrating when you're trying to spend so much money in a carefully coordinated transaction. My advice for when the time comes would be to check your Tesla account frequently for updates on the status of your vehicle and do your best to remain patient. The thing is, there are scores of great Tesla delivery advisors out there, but to date, there have tended to not be enough of them, and thus they often get overwhelmed and end up not being as communicative as you might like. So I would suggest staying proactive for what you can control and polite and respectful while you're doing that, and stay patient for what you can't control, and hopefully your order and delivery will go smoothly for you when the time comes. Cheers, Jason. Here's Andre from Norway to take us home. Go ahead, Andre. Hey, Ryan. It's Andre from Norway. Here in Europe, as I'm sure you're aware, the Model 3 can tow. It's about uh, one metric ton, which is, what is that, 2,000 pounds? And I'm driving it. I will not do that conversion. So I'm imagining that took about two years to get around to the Model 3, and I guess it will also come in due time to the Y. I would imagine the Y would tow more because it's just that kind of a car. Could be wrong. Just uh, wanted to um, share that. Keep up the good work. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, Andre, though uh, remember that the Y uses the same motors and battery pack as the 3, so while it's possible it will tow more, I would set my personal expectation that it will tow the same as the 3, which is about 2,200 pounds according to Google, and then I would be pleasantly surprised if it ends up being more. Uh, thank you very much for calling in with that information. That is super helpful. So again, if you've got a question, comment, discussion topic as it pertains to Tesla, please call in with it anytime in one of the two easy ways that I mentioned at the top of the segment. Be right back with a couple of notes from me, a pro tip of the week for you guys, and then a wrap up right after this. So I watched the season three premiere of Westworld on HBO, and I learned that Tesla is alive and well and making helicopters in the uh, future where robots are trying to kill us all. <laughs> yeah, if you happen to watch Westworld, take a look for the helicopter. You're going to see them sitting in some very, very familiar looking seats, white Model X second row seats, the sort of, you know, captain seats from the six seat configuration. And it, it works. I mean, it's a futuristic looking seat. First of all, no other car company makes white seats. It's just straight white as far as I know. So, you know, it's, it looks good. It looks, it fits right in, but to any Tesla owner, it will jump out at your Tesla fan. It will jump out, out at you right away. So I thought that was pretty cool. And otherwise, yeah, you know, the, the, the spirit of adventure, my car it's largely been sitting idle for the past week. I, I took it out for the first time all week last night because we went, we wanted to support a local business and get takeout, a uh, pizza place takeout where uh, they, you know, you don't, you don't have to really interact and it's, it's social distance and safe and all that stuff. So 
and it was worth it. <laughs> it was a real good pizza, but the, um, yeah, the car, boy, I, I, I want to get it out. So I'm hoping maybe over the weekend I can find an excuse. I know we're not, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, right? Cause I, I worry that a lot of other people are going to do the same thing. So I don't want to, cause everybody else has been cooped up all week too, but like to get it out for a little solo cruise at one point where I just go out, take a drive, don't even stop, and just come right home. Hope you guys are all holding up well. Uh, the pro tip of the week this week, digging back into the archive a little bit, Jonathan from England. It's a navigation system tip. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hello, Ryan. This is Jonathan Hodgetts from England. Here's a pro tip of something I've just discovered after 18 months of driving Tesla and I've never heard mentioned before. When you're in navigation, if you touch the top line of the instructions, the next turn, it will change the map view from close up to an overview of your entire route. Much better than having to reach to the other side of the map. Hope other Tesla's drivers will find this useful. Bye for now. Hey, Jonathan, you know, this is one of those where I think everyone knows about it, but clearly not. You know, in this case, I'm on the I use this every single day side of the fence. But sometimes on these great pro tip calls, I'm on the other side and somebody calls in with a super useful tip like this. And I had no idea. So in short, I wanted to play this in case others aren't uh, out there aren't aware of it because it is indeed quite useful. Thank you, Jonathan. And again, a friendly reminder, if you've got a pro tip, something you've figured out about your car, send it in in the same way that you can call in for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Send those pro tips of the week in and I'll play one each and every week. All right, before I get out of here, let me hit the road. I want to first mention my Patreon. You know, it's uh, it's... Things are getting strange out there. Uh, my intention, again, is to f- absolutely keep the show going. That is uh, always my goal, and I've been able to keep it going for, well, 242 straight weeks, to the best of my recollection. So uh, if you see fit to support me, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it, because now more than ever, it matters. Uh, Patreon is the place to do that. You can find out all the information on my Patreon page, which is Patreon dot com slash tesla podcast patreon spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n patreon's a very big service very secure very safe used by creators around the world from musicians to authors to poets to uh everybody any any creative outlet you can think of podcasters obviously are on there as well meanwhile abstractocean.com having a cool sale on vinyl products. Those would be their center console wraps. So don't miss those. And then use not only take advantage of that sale, but stack the discount code from this podcast on top of that. RTL podcast is the coupon code to enter at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. In addition to those vinyl wraps for your center console, they've got the tempered glass screen protectors for Model 3. They've got... The lighting kits, which are hugely popular as well. Go check it all out, abstractocean.com. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, my friend Jeff over there, uh, holding, it, holding it down, doing work, and he's got, he's got availability, so that's the thing. If, uh, if you want, are taking delivery or you're in the Bay Area, you want to... This, this could be a good time to, to uh, have any detail work that you've been thinking about having done, Get it done, you know, because if Jeff's got your car for 
a few days, a week, whatever it takes, depending on the scale and scope of the project, and you're working from home, maybe you're, you know, you're sheltered in place anyway, this could be a good time to take it, take it in and get it done. Uh, he is completely, uh, he, he sent me a note here. So he is able to remain open. He falls under the businesses that are allowed to remain operational. And he is also now doing things with 100% social distancing from drop-off to pickup and payment, zero physical contact, in addition to uh, everything I talked about last week. So he's mentioning too, since he's got immediate availability, he'll, he'll throw a, di- he'll throw a little, uh, he'll negotiate a little discount there for you. I know he's, I think he's still running the, the hundred dollars off. I'm not sure if he's doing anything on top of that for listeners of this show. So get in touch, reach out if your car is in need of some beautification, whether, you know, it doesn't have to be a ceramic coating or a paint paint correction or a paint protection film. He obviously does all that and does it beautifully. But even if you just need like a nice, deep, thorough clay bar wash and wax from a professional that knows exactly what they're doing, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections can take care of you. So check him out, get in touch. His website with his contact info, irdetailing, the letters I-R, irdetailing.com. And uh, hopefully you can work something out, get your car nice and pretty, nice and protected, and get a little discount while you're at it. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL is your one-stop shop for all your dash cam and sentry mode needs for your Tesla. You've got the 128 gigabyte kit like I'm using. That is $49. If you want to step up to a 256, that'll be $69. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. or, uh, you know, just modicum of shipping fee for international. But it's plug and play straight out of the package, fully formatted, ready to go already. It'll plug right into your car. No problem. It's going to be a lot more reliable than the traditional USB drive because it's reading and writing to a micro SD card, which is designed for that exact thing. So puretesla.com slash RTL. Visit that if that is of interest to you. And then there's Jada. Jada is running a sale again as well. Uh, this is this is great to see because if you've got a Model 3, you want to get a wireless charging pad, well, now there's a, a nice little $20 off code for that. So to take it from $100 down to $80. So it's... Uh, the code for that's Jada Pad, all one word, J E D A P A D. Jada Pad for $20 off the wireless phone charging pad. $10 off the USB hub with that cool magnetized dummy door in the back to hide your sentry mode dash cam kit behind. The discount code for that is Jada Hub, all one word. Or if you want both, you can get, so it's $20 off, $10 off. If you buy both, it's $40 off, and it's Jada Bundle. All one word is the discount code there. Please use my referral link if you do want to take advantage of those offers and go use those discount codes and place the order. My link is getjada.com. Again, Jada spelled J-E-D-A. Getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. I would be very grateful if you would do that. If you're already subscribing to the podcast, great. You don't have to do anything else as far as making sure the show finds you on its own without you having to do anything each and every week. But if you haven't subscribed already, why not do so? Because it's totally free. And as I just mentioned, the show will be forward. Will be It will come right to you. It will come knock on your door politely 
each and every week rather than you having to remember to go out and get it. You can subscribe on pretty much all the major podcast services. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, TuneIn. That's in your Tesla, by the way. You can get the show in your Tesla. And then on YouTube as well. Just you know, audio feed only, but if you prefer to listen on YouTube, just search for my channel, Ride the Lightning Tesla Podcast. Just type that into the YouTube search, and you should find me nice and easy right there. That will about wrap it up. Uh, again, I hope all of you are staying healthy, staying safe. Uh, these are strange times. Again, it is my intention that that each and every week this is a fun, enthusiastic way to spend an hour just in, in uh, just indulging yourself in a hobby and something you love with Tesla and electric cars. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, I won't have to talk about bad real world things next week and can just focus on the fun of the cars and of the company. We'll see about that. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm always going to be here for you. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram. You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And that'll about wrap it up. Let me close by thanking the Patreon producers. You know, I mentioned my Patreon a, a few minutes ago. These are the very extra wonderful folks that are pledging at the producer tier each and every month, which means including benefits like early access to each week's episode and an extra monthly bonus episode, they get their names shouted out each and every week in the credits of sorts, because otherwise the credits for this show are consist of one name. It's just me. I guess I guess Daisy gets an honorable mention for, uh, for keeping me company during each and every show. But the Patreon producers, I want to thank all of them. Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Miracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dorian Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Kanesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, E.B. Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, Lisa Kaz, the Lydia family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversole, uh, excuse me, Mark Eversole, Ish, and Ramey from TeslaProTips.com. Thanks to each and every one of you. I do sincerely appreciate your support now more than ever. For a sleeping, oh yeah, she's out. For a sleeping Daisy the Boxer puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, this was Ride the Lightning episode 242. Yes, it was a palindrome. We get one of those. Every, what, 11 or so episodes. Good stuff. All right, uh, I will see you all next week. Happy electric motoring. Stay safe out there, my friends.
I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. 